This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram at csmroots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey guys, how's it going today? Good. You guys have a good Thanksgiving? Awesome. How many of you guys probably had the best turkey in this whole place? All right. How many of you guys had a burnt turkey? No? Okay, good. That's good. I I saw so many videos of like turkeys like catching on fire and stuff. So glad that you guys didn't catch that yourself. But hey, um, in case you guys are new, I think everyone's here. But if anybody's watching new, I'm Tyler. I'm the next gen pastor. And today I have asked Chloe to give the sermon. Chloe is our intern for our... um, for our internet communications. So she basically runs our social media. She uh, prints out the little bulletins, all this stuff that like many of you guys just like, eh, I don't really care. Like she prints those out. She puts time and effort into it. And so she wants you guys to follow along and fill in the blanks and all that stuff and even save them. I know like Jen saves them and like holds on to them and she has little files. I save them myself as well. Um, But she's gonna give the message today. Uh, We are in our series called uh, I Have Questions and I'm going to let her take the rest of it. But, hey, let's give it up for Chloe. Hey, guys. Thank you. Okay, that kind of was my whole intro. You already said everything I was going to say. But I'm Chloe. Um, I pretty much know all of you, but if there's anyone watching online who doesn't know me, I'm Chloe. I am currently a senior at Rancho Campana High School. There's, like, one person here who goes there. Yeah. Um, The communications intern, like Tyler said, which is super fun. Um, A random fun fact about me, (laughs) Jen told me to say this, is that I really love cheese. It's kind of weird, but I really love cheese. Okay. (laughs) Um, And because of my internship, I'm getting the opportunity to speak today, which is honestly kind of terrifying, but also really exciting. Um, If you're new, welcome. We are so glad you're joining us this afternoon outside. Um, It's very interesting being outside during the outlet's busy shopping season because it's crazy out here, but um, maybe someone shopping will hear this message. Um, We hope that if you're watching or for the first time you decide to come back, um, hopefully I don't do terrible and ruin it for you. (laughs) Um, But right now we're doing a mini series called I Have Questions, as you can see. This series is all about answering tough questions. And to be honest, I'm sure we all have tons of questions about God and life and about how those two go together. So this is week two, and last week we talked about arguing and how the relationship matters more than the disagreement. If you didn't watch that, you should. It was really good. Um, Yeah, so let's get into this message. Have you noticed how much attention words get? Whether it's the words of a politician, the tweets of a celebrity, the comments of an athlete, or the words someone said in the hallway at school right before they got suspended. Whatever the context might be, words are a big deal. Since we were kids, we were taught the classic line, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We were told that words don't hurt, but we all know that they do. I think a lot of times the emphasis is on, oh, Christians shouldn't cuss, and there's all these Bible verses to support that. And while I agree with that, and I believe that we as Christians should be set apart from the rest of the world and refrain from using bad words regularly, 
How we should speak goes so much deeper than just not cussing. We can either, either use our words to break people down or build them up. If it isn't beneficial, then why say it? I vividly remember this one time when I was probably around four or five, and I was at my old church with my family, and I just got my ears pierced, and I was wearing my new fake diamond studs. We all know that diamonds are basically clear, but they sparkle in the light, right? Well, I told my older sister, Jordan, who's right there, <laughs> that my earrings were rainbow because of the way, they were, they, the way they sparkled. And I was super excited about it. I thought it was the coolest thing. But she shut me down. And she was like, no, they're not. They're clear. And then I started crying. And it seems like such a dumb thing to cry about looking back. But in my defense, I was really little. And I've always been a crier. They know I'm very sensitive. I cry a lot. But <laughs> Izzy knows. <laughs> And in fact, as silly as it is, what she said actually hurt me at the time. It's okay, I've forgiven you. But even though she didn't intend to be mean, her words really made me upset because I really wanted my earrings to be rainbow. And um, Race, do you want to come share your story that you talked about yesterday? I have another story about, <laughs> about when uh, my brother said some hurtful words towards me. And I didn't want to call him out, but he wanted to share because he thought it was really funny. So... Give it up for race. <laughs> My little brother who's taller than me. Yay. All right. So basically, this one time, like, I think Chloe was a freshman, and I was in seventh grade. So we, like, my mom had to pick us both up because neither of us had our license. So she picks me up first, and then we went to her, and we picked her up. And then as soon as she got in the car, it's like, Chloe, you're looking pretty today. And then she's like, oh, thank you. And I was like, pretty ugly, you know? And then... And then I remember she cried the whole way home and then went into her room and locked herself in a closet and didn't come out for like three days. So, yeah, that's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I think I exaggerate, exaggerated that a little bit. I didn't lock myself in there for three days. And I feel like that was in middle school because it's kind of embarrassing that that was in high school. But it's fine. Um, you got to understand that an insecure teenage girl, if she's called ugly, she's going to take it really hard. And that's an example of, oh, if someone's joking – it can actually hurt, especially me. <laughs> so the truth is, we've all had an experience where words hurt us. There's no way around it. We could all tell a story of a time when words were said, maybe in a joking way, like race, or maybe in an argument, and they stuck with us, and it shaped the way we see and think about ourselves. So um, you guys, if you have your bulletins, you can um, open them up. The next line is going to be a fill in the blank. Um, but And if you don't have one, they're over on that table by Jen. So it may be true that words can't physically harm you, but the emotional hurt they cause can be just as bad. And isn't it true that there's more going on than just the words being spoken? There's body language, there's tone, there's the dig behind the words. There's an intent to hurt or cut down. It's never just about the words. Like, you know how when people are passive-aggressive and they say something that sounds nice, but it's really not, it can go more than just the words you say. So sometimes we say things that cut other people down in hopes of getting a few laughs, which is very common. Or we crack sexual jokes or make degrading comments about someone because it helps us fit in with a certain group of people. We give in to peer pressure. Or we gossip and hurt others so that we can be the one to spill the tea and entertain our friends. 
And most of us have people we look up to who have used derogatory or hurtful speech, so we think it gives us permission to do the same. But in reality, this world is broken and it's full of imperfect people um, who say mean things sometimes, and even people who are older than us. Um, but just because we're younger doesn't mean we, can, we can't be a good example to them with our words. In the process, we discovered that our words actually shape the way we think and feel about other people. If we're saying mean things towards someone, we probably don't think very well of them, and God wants us to love everyone. And I want you to understand this. Words really are powerful. That's another fill in the blank. We've experienced it in our personal lives. I have, definitely. And we've also seen it in the world around us. Words have hurt a lot of feelings. Words have ruined reputations. Words have destroyed opportunities. Words have ended relationships in devastating ways. Words have even caused people to actually believe that their lives are worthless. Words have started conflicts among entire countries. Words have the potential to do a lot of damage. And you know, I've experienced this personally with my sensitivity. I locked myself in a closet because I was crying. Um, but believe it or not, this isn't just something we're dealing with in current times. Sure, technology and media have made our words louder and in some ways more powerful, but words have always had the ability to cause harm. So today we're going to look at a passage from a letter written by a guy named James who happened to be the brother of Jesus. And James is one of my favorite books of the Bible, so you should go read it. It's really good. Um, but even though all the books and letters of the Bible make up one large body of work, the more you read them, the more you discover that each book and letter has a different feel. You start to see how each writer's personality shines through. And that is definitely true of the book of James. When you read his book, you get the feeling that he just kind of tells it like it is. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. He's about as honest and straightforward as you can get. And in the passage we're looking at, he talks honestly about the power of words. So you guys can either follow, follow along in your bulletins, or it should be up there on our mini Sky Bible. <laughs> okay, so he starts by saying this in James 3, 3 through 5. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So I actually have a picture, a diagram of a ship. I don't know if you guys can see that, but um, there's a little small thing on the bottom that says rudder, and it's literally the smallest part of the whole entire ship, but that's what steers it in the direction it's going, so that's kind of a big deal. So James is talking about the power that one small thing can have over the larger whole. And he continues in verses 5 and 6. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Whew, that was intense. Okay, see what I mean? James doesn't hold back. And sometimes I think James could have been a little gentler, but oh well. I think this is important stuff that we all need to hear. James is not saying that your tongue is evil. James is saying that your tongue is powerful, which means that your words are powerful. Like a rudder to a ship, words steer the direction of our lives. They take us somewhere. And if we're not careful, they'll take us somewhere that we don't want to go. And we get that our words are powerful, 
but does James give us any good news? Is there any hope for what we should do about it? Well, not really. In verse 8, he literally says that no one can tame the tongue. James is like the guy you don't want to get stuck talking to at a party. He brings the whole mood down. That's the bad news. <laughs> the good news is his letter doesn't stop there. He goes on to talk about wisdom and how it's connected to humility. And humility is when you humble yourselves and put God and others before yourself. And on the other hand, he says that where you find things like envy, jealousy, and selfishness, you'll find all kinds of other bad stuff. So then he says this in verses 17 through 18. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So James is basically saying that when we only look out for ourselves, things don't go well. But when we humble ourselves, look out for others, and go after peace, our lives reflect those things. And I highly recommend if you guys want to go back when you get home and read James 3. Um, we kind of skipped some verses in the middle, and they're all really good if you want to read that. Um, and going through that last verse, 17 through 18, it lists all of these things um, that are attributes of wisdom and humility. So we can look at those and see what we need to work on and what we're doing well at. Okay, so think of it this way. When we plant apple seed, we grow apples. It doesn't matter how badly we want oranges, we will get apples. Why? Because that's what we planted. In the same way, when it comes to our words, we get what we plant. So think of it this way. Pay attention to the power of your words. That's the bottom line for today. When our words are full of selfishness, jealousy, pride, talking down to others, and seeing people as less important than us, not worthy of value or love, we are planting disorder, and we are planting unhappiness, and that's what will grow. But if we're interested in a different kind of life, and we want to grow wisdom, peace, mercy, and kindness, if we're interested in living lives that are full of those things later, then we better start planting words that are full of those things now. Because we grow what we plant. And if we want to use the power of our words for good, it's not going to be about taming the tongue. Why? Because we can't, like it said in the verse. It has to go deeper than that. Using our words for good comes from seeing others as good. And then choosing humility and kindness. Choosing to see others as people who are made in God's image and worthy of respect, honor, and value. When we see people this way, we plant kindness and grow kindness. And it shows up in the words we speak about one another. If we want to grow something different, we have to plant something different. We can't expect to start using our words for good if we're still planting a view of others that is disrespectful and dishonorable. If we, want to use, if we want our words to be used as a power for good, we need to change what we plant. We need to plant a view of others that is loving and shows others that we are for them. We need to pay attention to the power of our words. So how do we do this? Seems like a good idea, but how do we apply it to our lives? So think about the person or groups of people that you're most likely to have harsh words for, whether it's in a joking way or a hurtful way. For me, it's probably my brother, <laughs> just because, you know, I love you, Race, but siblings, it's hard. That's 
a normal thing to want to be mean to your siblings, but um, ask yourself, what do I really think about these people? What is it about them that makes me think it's okay for me to talk about them the way that I do? What can I do to change that and start seeing them in a kind and loving way? And I get it. It's really hard to be nice to people who are mean to us, and we feel like, oh, if they're mean to us, then we should be mean back. They don't deserve our nice words. But the Bible tells us to love our enemies, and I know that's hard, but it's an important thing to do. And we have to remember that even though we might not necessarily like them, God loves them as much as he loves us, and we should try to see them through his eyes and know that they are still valuable. And also remember that if someone's being mean to you, it's probably because they're hurting on the inside. Hurt people hurt people. So the best way to show them the love of Christ is to be kind to them in return. Okay, so now, real practically, pay attention to your words. Take a look at your last 10 texts, DMs, or words that you've said out loud. And ask yourself, was what I said helpful or hurtful? Did I plant words that would help me grow into the person that I want to be? If not, what could I have said that would grow kindness and honor instead? Would silence have been a better decision? When you look at your words, what do they communicate about what you're planting and what you're growing? Some good self-reflection. So think about tools that you have access to that will help you guard your words. Here are a few ideas to get you started. So first, when getting a text message that frustrates you, don't respond right away. Take a few moments to think through your response. Think about why the text frustrated you and then come up with a response once you've calmed down. One time, I was Tyler saw me angrily typing into my phone and he was like, Chloe, you need to like stop right now and don't respond and take some time and think about it and write something else and respond in like a few hours. So I was like kind of mad at him at first. I was like, I just want to get my point across, but then I realized that he was right, and I did what he said, what he suggested, and I responded much later, and I did, instead of trying to prove my point, I was just saying, like, okay, I understand your views, and I would love to, like, have a conversation with you about it, and then we ended up talking in person, so it ended up a lot better than it would have been if I just responded out of anger and frustration, and I've been in so many so many dumb arguments over text or DM, and I'm finally learning that that's just not, not good. It's not worth it, and I should think before I type. Okay, so next, ask yourself, does this situation need more words? Does it need me to add to the chaos of the situation? Sometimes less is more. Next, buy yourself time to think. I'm sure you've all heard the phrase, think before you speak. My parents told me that a lot. But it's common that we want to snap back at parents, teachers, and other people when you're frustrated. It's easy to let your emotions take over. But give yourself a few seconds to think through your response. Lastly, get in the habit of planting encouraging words that build others up. Think about who you can reach out to tonight just to say, just to say thank you or let them know how they've impacted your life. It's kind of good timing because we just had Thanksgiving. It's all about being thankful so you can extend it a few days longer. Okay, the tongue is pretty powerful. James made that clear. And our experiences have made that, and our experiences have made that clear. 
But if we want to make a change, we have to do more than just change our words. We have to change our hearts. We have to plant something better, a different way of seeing people. And that's when we grow in kindness. This is important for everyone. And this is a principle that's true whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. You grow what you plant. So pay attention to the power of your words and what you're planting. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is more than just a good idea. This is a must. Jesus tells us to love, value, and respect others. I know it's not easy, but the first place to start doing this is with our words. Just imagine if you decided to pay attention to the power of your words. Imagine if you started caring more about what you planted with your words. Imagine if your words were focused on growing the life and relationships that you wanted. Imagine if you used your words differently than most of your peers, and people could trust you and turn to you to speak truth into their lives. Imagine if your words were used by God to bring hope and healing to others because you used them to plant kindness. Words are powerful. Let's be people who put that power in its proper place by using them in the way that God says is best, by building people up and showing them kindness, by leading others to Christ through our words. And I know it's really difficult. I am working on it with you guys. You're not alone. Just because I'm the one teaching it doesn't mean I am perfect at it. And we can all work on it together. But um, as you head out, I want you to think about the impact of the words you normally use. Are they helpful or hurtful? Pay attention to the power of your words. They can do more good than you'd ever imagine. Okay, so let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all here this afternoon and for allowing us to still meet in person um, amongst the chaos of everything that's going on with COVID and holiday shopping. Um, I thank you for every single person that's here today and I pray that you can help us all pay attention to the power of our words and plant more kindness and humility and selflessness and and speak to others the way that you have called us to as followers of Christ and please help us um, to think before we speak and show others your love through the words we speak to them um, we can't do this alone because we are imperfect people so we need your help with this. Um, we really need your help. You can be strong where we are weak. And we thank you that we got to have um, a week off of school and enjoy time with family. And I pray that you can keep us all safe and healthy and that we'll have a great week this week coming back to school and um, back to life groups. And we just thank you for everything that you do for us and for sending Jesus as the perfect example of how we should love others, and how we should speak to them. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.